Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services. Verses 1 through 4, but before I do that, I want to share with you a little story that I came across in some of my study. I have a teacher that says, I make you laugh to make you listen. So I'm going to try to make you laugh for just a moment this morning. I read about a mother who wanted to teach her daughter a lesson. And so she gave that little girl a dollar and also a quarter. And she told her before church, put whichever one you want into the collection plate and keep the other one for yourself. And so after service had ended, she said to her, well, what did you do, honey? What did you put into the collection plate today in church? And the little girl said, well, I was going to give a dollar. I really was. But just before the collection, the man in the pulpit said that we're to be cheerful givers, and I knew I'd be much more cheerful if I gave the quarter instead. You know, people often get turned off by church because they say that all we ever really talk about is money. And I I still reject that idea. We have a lot more to say than simply give money, be a good steward. But there's also a reason for preaching about this topic as well, and that's because the Bible has much to say about finances. One author wrote, 15% of everything that Christ said relates to this topic of money, money and possessions, more than His teaching on heaven and hell combined. Why did Jesus put such an emphasis on money and possessions? Because there's a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think about and handle money. We may try to divorce our faith and our finances, but God sees them as inseparable. Where your heart is. Where is your heart today? We've asked that question several times throughout this sermon series. It's about our attitude, our heart attitude. And so hopefully today, through the pages of Scripture, through the reading of God's Word and the proclamation of it, we will be able to assess an answer to that question. In Matthew 6, of the 34 verses, 19 of them, Talk about possessions, finances, and giving. And so let's read these first four verses together today, and I'm going to kill this monitor. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. May God add a blessing to the reading of His Word. As we look at this text of Scripture today, and this idea of secret giving, I want to begin with this thought, with this understanding of the passage, and that's that Jesus tells us that the secret in giving is the motivation of our hearts. So what do we see in this text today? Well, the first thing that we see revealed for us is that we should be cautious when we give. We should be cautious when we give. Notice what the text said to us. If you have your Bibles open still, read it once again in verse 1. But it says, beware. It says, take heed in the King James. It says, watch out in another version of Scripture. Now, you might be asking yourself as we begin today, how is there a caution in giving? Why are we being cautioned as it relates to what we give and how we give? Isn't the simple fact that we give enough? Isn't it the bottom line that counts? But not according to Jesus, not in our text today. Giving is not just a physical act. It is actually more spiritual than it is physical. And if we think that God needs our money, we're sadly mistaken. He doesn't need, He doesn't even want our money. As Mr. Phil read from Scripture today, we see that the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He doesn't need your bank accounts. But we need His blessings. In 1 Corinthians 8 and 6, it says this, Yet for us there is one God, the Father from whom all things are, the Father from whom are all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through Him are all things, and through Him we exist. We know that every good and perfect gift is from the Father. And we also see principles, and we've, we've looked at it over several weeks here, that when we give with the proper attitude, with the proper response in our hearts, that there are rewards. There are spiritual blessings, not, not financial blessings, not necessarily, but spiritual blessings. Jesus says in our text, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now what does He mean by that phrase, beware? Why is it there? In the original language, it literally means to to hold, to take hold of something, to pay attention to it, to be on guard. And he's telling us that we must be careful about our motivation, about our heart attitude when we give. The reason we give is because we need God's blessing. And if we're not careful, we can lose God's blessing even when we give. If our hearts are not right, we can actually lose the benefit of giving. And so I ask you this morning, are you giving because you love God? Or are you giving because it is simply expected of you? It's almost a a religious duty, a penance that you have to pay. That's the caution of giving. What is your motivation? St. Augustine said that the love of honor is the deadly bane of true piety. 
Other vices bring forth evil works, but this brings forth good works in an evil way. Pride. If we're doing it to please God, it brings great reward. If we're doing it to please others, if we're doing it for the praise and the recognition that comes from others, then we've received our reward. Luke 11 and verse 35, Therefore be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. Beware, brothers and sisters. Last Sunday we sang a hymn before communion service. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Father, know my thought, I pray. And that should be the attitude, the posture of our heart. Even when we give, not only at the table, but even when we give, Lord, is my heart attitude Right. Jesus Himself said, Beware when you give. Be cautious when you give. Pay attention when you give. But the second thing that the text reveals to us is the dangers of giving. We know that we need to be on guard. We know we need to beware. But what are the particular dangers He's speaking of? Verse 2 says this, Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Don't do as the hypocrites do. In Jesus' day, there was a financial system in place for giving to the poor. And some of it was required, much like our own system today, where we have various social programs that we are obligated to pay taxes to fund. But a lot of their giving was out of the goodness of their hearts. And other times, giving was simply done to be seen by men. And that's why we see this word here, hypocrites. Jesus says, when you give to the needy, don't sound a trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. That word hypocrite originally referred to an actor. Someone who was playing a part. Someone who was pretending to be something that they were not. Many were just being religious show-offs. They were trying to impress their fellow man. He speaks of blowing trumpets in the synagogue. Now that sounds absurd, doesn't it? Why would, why would someone walk into the synagogue with a big old tuba and begin blasting it as loud as he could? Jesus often used hyperbole. And I believe He's doing that here. Don't beat your chest. Don't draw attention to yourself with the gifts that you give. Because that's just as absurd as blowing a trumpet in the house of God today. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. These hypocrites received exactly what they wanted. Praise from people, but that was all that they would receive. If you're seeking the praise of men, you'll get that. But that's all you'll get. You won't get rewards that last. You will get a reward that's earthly, that's temporary, that's pointless. Because this earth is going to burn up. One day, I've said this in the past, one day you're going to pass away. And what you have is not going with you. The things that you hold to so tightly, all that stuff, 
<coughs> that's collecting dust in your attic. Someone is going to come through that attic one day and box it all up and take it to Pastor Tim at Enjoy. That's not our reward. The things of this earth will pass away. But if we give with a proper attitude, with a proper motivation, seeking the approval of God rather than the approval of men, we receive blessings. Proverbs 19 and 17 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will repay him for his deeds. We need to ask ourselves in our giving, am I being genuine? Or am I playing a part for others? We should be cautious because there's dangers in giving with an improper heart attitude. But the third and final thing that we see in our text today is that there is a reward when we give. Verses 3 and 4. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Your Father, the text says, will reward you. Rather than tooting your own horn, so to speak. Jesus says, give to the needy, but when you do, don't let your left hand and your right hand know what's going on. Giving in secret. That's the emphasis. Secrecy. The right hand was considered the primary hand. Now, if any of, of you are left-handers, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the right hand was considered the primary hand. It was a hand of action. It was a hand that throughout the course of a day would do many, many tasks, oftentimes more tasks than the left hand would accomplish. That's certainly the case for me as a right-handed person. I, I write with my right hand. I do a lot of things with my right hand that I can't accomplish with my left. I'm not, what's that one basketball player that said he was amphibious? He could use either hand. I'm not amphibious. I can't, I can't do that. I'm not very good with my left hand. This is my dominant hand. Giving to those in need should be a normal activity of the Christian. And it should be done as simply and as directly as discreetly as possible. Instead, Jesus says to give in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. A true disciple doesn't give so that other people will take notice. A good steward doesn't give because it gains recognition for him. But a good steward gives so that they will glorify God. Matthew 5 and 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Our purpose as the body of Christ should be to meet every need that we can, that we are able to meet. Beginning internally, we see clearly in Scripture that we're to be caring for one another. That we're to be helping one another when we're in need. And that's one reason for our giving. To give to the household of God. To support one another. To meet every need that we can. But to leave the bookkeeping to God. Giving in this way assures us two things. First, that they will praise the only one who is worthy of praise. 
God will receive the glory and not man. But it also assures us, as we see in our text, that we will be rewarded by God. Honored by God. There's nothing else I'd rather know than the approval of God rather than the approval of you. And I don't, I don't mean that in a condescending way. I don't mean it that way at all. I want to be in your good graces. I want to know your favor and your friendship and your fellowship. But it's not nearly as important as the approval of my Heavenly Father. I read a story years ago that impacted me a great deal. It's no secret that I'm a very big fan of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. They called him the Prince of Preachers for a reason. What a great Baptist preacher he was. And Charles and his wife, according to a story in the Chaplain magazine, they would sell, but they refused to give away homegrown eggs. They had their own chickens. And even close relatives would come and and ask them, well, can you give me some eggs? And Charles and his wife would say, we will sell them to you. We will not give them to you. And as a result, many of their family and close friends began to think that the Spurgeons were greedy. Well, why won't they give us any eggs? They have more than they need. Why why must they sell them for a profit? And it wasn't until they had died that the rest of the story became known. You see, Charles and Mrs. Spurgeon were not profiting from the sale of those eggs. But they used the prophets to support two elderly widows who had very little. And because they were unwilling to let their left hand know what their right hand was doing, they endured those attacks and they didn't care. Hebrews 4 and 13 says, And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. You don't have to give an account to me. You're not seeking my approval. You don't have to give an account to the church. But you do have to give an account to God. And we have learned from Scripture over the course of several weeks now that giving is not an option for the true follower of Christ. Giving is not something that we we can just decide not to do as a follower of Christ. We are commanded as the people of God to be generous people, to give to those in need, to give to the work of ministry. Now what you give is between you and the Lord. I've explained that clearly from the text of Scripture. But you don't get an option not to be generous. You don't get an option not to be a giver. But what is the attitude of your heart? What's your motivation? Because if you're seeking the approval of me or anyone else in this congregation or anyone else in this community, you've received it. The reward you want comes from the Lord. Don't give so that people will notice you. Don't give so that people will notice you. Give so that people will notice God. Let me say that again because 
I thought that was pretty deep. Don't give so that people will notice you. Give so that people will notice God. It doesn't matter if the neighborhood knows as long as God knows. And so as we close this portion of our service, I just want to read that text to you one more time, brothers and sisters. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. But then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the Word of God. It is for us, His people, and I say thanks be to God for it. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Holy Scripture today. Let it be in us. Let it make a spiritual deposit in our lives today. Lord, it is my prayer that Your people would be generous. Not so that this church can have large amounts of money in our savings and bank accounts. Not so that we can build bigger buildings or bigger programs. Not so that we can be known as the church with affluence. So that we can point people to Christ. To the Gospel of our great God. Lord, give us generous hearts. Give us hearts with proper motivation. Lord, may we be cautious in our giving. Not to be like the hypocrites. Because then we've received it. We've received our reward. But we know, Lord, that we need Your blessings in our lives. And so we give for the approval of God, not for the approval of man. It is in the name of Christ we pray and ask all these things and God's people said, Amen and Amen. Pineview gathers for worship each Sunday beginning at 9.30 a.m. for morning prayer. Sunday school classes for all ages begin at 9.45, followed by our worship gathering at 11 a.m. We also meet each Wednesday night for Bible study and prayer at 7 p.m. in our church fellowship hall. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro, North Carolina. We are a Southern Baptist congregation dedicated to expository preaching and biblical worship. We invite you to join us next Sunday.